we're going to put Kristen on the hot seat as well. First of all, can you tell us about your personal background and uh, what brought you to SMSU? Absolutely. So I grew up on the beautiful beaches of Florida in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, and um, I had a love and a passion for animals. And so what I decided to do is I decided to pursue that passion and I went to school for animal science. And then I continued that education with um, I went and got a master's in agricultural education from the University of Georgia and then on to get my Ph.D. uh, from Mizzou in Missouri. And um, yeah, I was an ag teacher in Georgia for six years, and I currently teach at uh, the college level. What kind of animals? Because you had a you, you like animals, so all kinds of animals. Yes, no. Ooh, I wouldn't say all animals. <laughs> I did have a passion for uh, horses, so I showed competitively in okay. um, college with a uh, horse showing. And um, of course, I love our companion animals as well—dogs, cats, and all that. But um, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Should we take a tangent right away? Yeah, go for it. Are you uh, still uh, adopting um, uh, the, the race dogs, greyhounds? I, I do, yes. I, I drove 28 hours to get uh, my current dog, Simon, from a racetrack. So uh, I do love adopting greyhounds off the track, and they're a wonderful dog. They don't like the cold, I bet. Uh, he stays inside a lot on his dog bed. They're, They're pretty... skinny, Josh, just yeah, so you yeah, know. I, yeah. yeah, I know what a greyhound looks like. Does, it, does it wear like the little booties, too, when it has to go outside? No. Yeah. I'm not that much of a pampering pet owner. Okay, good. So... Yeah. That's good. I've Sorry, there's a tangent. I just had to take that because that's an interesting fact about Kristen. Yeah, yeah very interesting indeed. And then uh, you talk about horses. I'm assuming, did you have horses in the family growing up or how did you get involved with that? Well, it's a secret, but okay. I purchased my first horse for $200 when I was like 17. I didn't tell my parents. They had no idea. So I, I kept her little tack box in the back of my closet so that. They, they eventually figured it out. Yeah. They were okay with it. But my first horse was, I bought her for $200. I feel like it's pretty hard to hide a horse. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Well, when you're 17, you probably think you can get away with it. Accurate. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, you were on the uh, ground floor helping establish the ag ed, uh, education program here at SMSU. What have you enjoyed most about building the program here? It's probably been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, just having that program start with the the grassroots effort of bringing education to SMSU. And so having that program, being able to start it, being able to have our original, our OG students that come through our program, and then they are out in the field now teaching, and it's it's absolutely rewarding. So um, I was able to you know, start that from the beginning and make any changes that came, came along the way there and just trying to make it better and better for future students. And I like how you included that little pun there. They're out in the field teaching. They're outstanding in the field. That's a good one. (laughs) So uh, being one of the only ag educators, how does the ag education department kind of work with the other programs on campus? There is a strong connection because if you think about it, there's that the ag portion. So students have to learn that content piece. They have to learn what they're going to teach in their future classrooms. And then they have the education piece. So they have to learn the how to teach, whether it be curriculum, pedagogy, assessment, those kind of things. So having that um, strong relationship between agriculture and education is is very important. So 
Um, that's kind of how we try to tie those two together. We do have some specific ag education, which kind of combines those two. And it, it's um, ag is definitely a very unique content to teach because um, we have FFA and, and other things involved in the classroom as well. So teaching those teachers how to build the rapport with students, how to um, take them to different competitions and things like that is really important as well. Yeah, so a very diverse mix of classes throughout their careers. How do you go about getting new teachers the hands-on experience that they need to teach those skills to others? That is a, a tricky thing to do, but we, we do our best. And so um, being an ag teacher could include anything from ag mechanics, which could be anything from small engines, wiring, construction. Um, it can be wildlife. It can be plant science, animal science, uh, forestry. I mean, the, the topics are never ending, it feels like. And so what it's really important is that we offer those hands-on learning experiences for our students. So students are in the lab for Ag Mechanics Lab. They are welding. They are building. Um, for our animal science classes, they are on the farm. They are learning um, from local veterinarians and other community partners uh, about animals and, and things like that. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting content area for sure. Well, it sounds like a lot of content where employers are looking for jobs in these positions that all the things that you're mentioning, employers are looking for these kinds of jobs, right? Oh, absolutely. All yeah. the time. Yeah. Kristen was also a member of the Minnesota Ag Education Leadership Council, and their goal as a part of the state is to develop ag educators. And I don't know what the statistic is, but there was like three jobs for every graduate. It might even be more than that. I don't know if you've got updated on that. But. Um, I do know that we, we have plenty of openings. I always tell my graduates they can pretty much choose which part of the state they want to teach in. So um, the opportunities are endless. We do have more openings than we do have graduates. Absolutely. And do you, uh, do you know much about the MARL program? I know a little bit about the MARL program, but Bill, um, do you know more about the MARL program? I do. Worked with the MARL program for, for many years. It's the Minnesota Ag and Rural Leadership Program. And it's a, a partnership between Southwest Minnesota State and the University of Minnesota. Uh, we're the fiscal host. Uh, our executive draft director uh, is an SMSU employee. And actually, uh, brand new, Brad Schlosser is the new uh, MARL executive director. And a great program focused on rural leadership. So we've got uh, usually a cohort of 30 students that go through that every year uh, and they come from all over the state all different walks of life so you've got people that are uh, maybe working ag policy uh, at a state agency you've got producers uh, you've got um, I mean the goal is to have a nice mix you get a lot of people in the ag uh, finance area so uh, a great program and a great partnership um, that we run with the University of Minnesota yeah my old man uh, went through that program Yes, he did. Huge benefit for yeah. him. Yeah. He definitely appreciated his time there. Um, let's see. Moving on. Are there any uh, specific experiences that we can offer here at SMSU that are unique to us? Of course there are, right? Of course there are. We have many unique opportunities. So um, because SMSU is more of a, a regional teaching institution, uh, we are able to make those community partnerships. Community partnerships are very important to SMSU. So from there, we're able to offer unique opportunities to students, anything from um, research opportunities in our fields. We do have um, over 50 acres of research farms uh, that our agronomy students can use and different things like that. 
And um, we have, you know, the small class sizes. We have a lot of partnerships just between different faculty and things like that. And we're always making those connections so that we can offer those opportunities to our students. FFA students in high school are typically very active and involved students. Do you see those same characteristics and opportunities for involvement available at the collegiate setting as well? Absolutely. I will say because most of my students did come from um, ag programs themselves, they learned at an early age um, the importance of leadership. And so from that, they're very active in high school. When they come to college, they're looking for lots of active opportunities and um, things like that. So what we do is they can um, be part of our ag club. We usually have several that are um, officers of our ag club. Um, we have students that are on um, the, the general uh, political boards on campus and different things, they, they seek those opportunities. They're out looking for those opportunities. Now, we mentioned FFA, but there's also 4-H. Are you a 4-H person or an FFA person? As a former ag teacher, I was an FFA person, but I have a strong respect for 4-H as well. They go pretty hand in hand, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, red versus blue, like People have their favorites and they stick to their guns about their favorites. So it's kind of interesting to see kind of where everybody stands in that situation there. Yeah. Bill, what about you? I was both. Oh, there you go. I was, I was both. Yeah. Sitting on the fence. That way you can yeah, you play, know, both sides. play both sides. Yeah, there you go. And uh, can you tell us about your uh, history with the Ag Bowl in general and its overall mission? Well, I skipped one. So speaking about active students, you've got a rather large event coming up on Friday with the Ag Bowl Scholarship Invitational. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Our, our Ag Bowl Scholarship Invitational is an event that we have on campus. And what it allows is it allows students um, from all over the state, actually several states, to come to our campus. And we host about 18 different career development events or CDEs, which are the competitions. And it is a big event because we're expecting well over 1,100 students um, that are high school students to come to campus on Friday. Bill, did you add some questions without telling her? No, we were oh. just you know, making eye contact okay. on who was going to get those those tough ones with the numbers. She did a great job. Oh, okay. I got yeah. you. Bill, why don't you answer some of these? All right. Throw one at me. Okay. Can you, well, no, this one's for her. Can you tell us about your history with the Ag Bowl in general and its overall mission? Well, she's going she's gonna to punt this one back. Okay. Well, my history is that I started when it had already been, it had already begun. So yeah. I came in halfway through. So I don't have that background history. I know that it was much smaller, maybe even like a handful of students attending on the very first year. Um, obviously, it's grown a lot since then. Um, Bill, take it away. Yeah. You know, the Ag Bowl was started back in the early 2000s. It's kind of a celebration of agriculture. And we can't talk about Ag Bowl without thanking our sponsor. It was Relco. It was their idea to kind of do something and lift it up. And the original scholarship inv invitational was to get students to come onto campus as part of that Ag Bowl day. Well, if those of us that have been in 4-H and FFA know that at the start of the year, you're not really engaged in a lot of those different things. And that's when it was originally, or the Ag Bowl itself was held. And so the contest evolved and it really got established in its uh, current form uh, about 11 years ago. And so it moved to the spring and became a, a much larger event. And as Kristen mentioned, over 1,100 students were expecting on Friday. That's going to be a mess. That's a lot of blue jackets. That's a lot of blue jackets. Oh, my goodness. Reminds me of when I went up to state, you know, for yep. FFA. Yep. And it's just wave of those FFA yep. jackets. Yeah. 
the good thing is you know where everybody's from because they they can't hide it <laughs> exactly yeah says it right there uh, can you share us kind of an overview of what friday's event looks like absolutely so on friday what we're expecting is we will all all of the volunteers such as myself uh, will get there bright and early in the morning and um, those thousand students will descend upon smsu approximately 7 30 in the morning um, we'll welcome them we'll have a fun a uh, couple of um, announcements and then we'll set them free into the different competitions. So there are 18 different competitions on Friday and um, they're all run by a student, an SMSU student um, ambassador for each one of those. And so those students from SMSU actually create and implement those competitions. It's very student-led, student-run. Um, and from there, those 1,100 students will compete in the different events. And um, at the end, we'll have a celebration of the uh, award winners very good and we're speaking of these students how far are they coming from is this like all across the state all across the midwest what are we thinking here yeah you know it's predominantly minnesota but they will come from the entire state i don't know if any of the cds this year are actually state competitions but they are not uh, typically we'll all corners so we'll have uh People will be, I think there was one year, I think somebody was on the bus at three in the morning to get here. <laughs> yeah. And I do know in, in years past, I'm not sure about this year specifically, years past, we have had students from Wisconsin, South Dakota, possibly North Dakota, Iowa, just the surrounding states come as well. And that's a nice little good uh, marketing opportunity for SMSU itself right there, right? It's a great opportunity for students to come and see campus. And this year we're, we're excited. We have uh, uh, two Congress uh representatives coming uh, congresswoman michelle fishbach will be here and also uh congressman brad finstead who represents the southern uh congressional district of minnesota so we're excited to have them on campus and greet students as well getting the big wigs to show up absolutely yep. it's a lot of constituents they're yeah. excited to come and meet them next up we're going to have bill molso the uh, keynote speaker for next year right yeah probably not okay probably not what does a typical career development event look like so there, there are several different kinds. Um, there's some that are more leadership oriented. So for example, I usually help with the employability skills um, com competition. And so that is really, you know, revolves around um, interviewing skills and, and how to write a resume and things like that. So you can see much more of a, a leadership side. There are speaking events such as like extemporaneous speaking or prepared public speaking. Um, there's a like chapter meeting kind of competition which deals a lot with like robert's rules of order and then you have more hands-on um, competition so anything from grading cuts of meat um, to um, agronomy and uh, forestry so different things like that so there's a variety yeah this is more than just an ffa competition this sounds like a whole event a very unique event what makes this one different from other events like this I will say that, you know, this is a good opportunity for those high school FFA students to practice their competitions. So we do not have any regional qualifying competitions at this event. It is purely for them to come experience it, practice their skills that they've learned in the classroom. And then in hopes when they do go to those regional and state competitions, they will score wonderfully and then hopefully pass on to the next level of state and national competition. Very good. And you mentioned kind of the student help that you're getting with hosting this event. Who else is going to help make this? I mean, you've got over a thousand kids showing up 
there's got to be quite a few folks involved making this thing go, right? Oh, absolutely. We have some wonderful uh, partnerships uh, with our community. I, I do want to shout out to our leaders, our student leaders. These are SMSU student leaders. We have Emily Burns. We have um, Hannah Meyer. And we have Ruby Radens. Those are our three um, SMSU college student leaders that run and organize the rest of the SMSU Ag Club members that are helping with the competition as well. So, you know, the other thing is each of those CDEs has a judge. So we have 30, I believe, different volunteer judges that are helping uh, facilitate this. A lot of them come from our sponsors. We've got a, a nice list of sponsors, if you don't mind. I think it's important to lift them up because they're really responsible for helping us get those students here. Um, Ag Country, Lyon County Corn and Soybean Growers, uh, Bremer, uh, and of course, Relco uh, being our title sponsor. A big special thank you to the sponsors for making this event possible. So once again, that is coming up this Friday. This Friday. Bright and early, 7.30. Kids Bright are, and early, yes. be, You have your break in the morning. You want to come on over and check it out. It'll be a pretty cool event. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Maybe I can go find my old FFA jacket and I'll blend right in. There you go. I can guarantee you it does not fit. I know mine doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, What were you in in FFA? Uh, you know, a small high school, 1,200. Yep. Was, I grew up in Sherburne and it, Martin County West my senior year. Um I did a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, did some of the livestock judging. I uh, was on a wildlife team one here. Um, the one I was on consist most consistently, though, was meats judging. My dad was a, a butcher, so I was doing that when he was uh, coaching the county 4-H team uh, and as well as helping with the FFA team. So I, I did okay there. And I'm assuming yours had to do something to do with animals, right? You would think so. Oh, um, but growing up on the beaches of Florida, I didn't have a lot of opportunity for agriculture besides sneaking a horse into <laughs> my backyard. Yeah. So therefore, I did not participate in FFA when I was in high school. It was not a and it was not offered with my okay. high school. And so um, if I could have, mm-hmm. I probably would have chosen the animal route, though. Yeah, I was crops, which yeah, no go. surprise. Papa yeah. George doing what he does. Yep. Yeah. Made it the state and we got our butts kicked at state. But, you know, we tried. If I would have had one of these events, I probably would have done better. Anyways. It's always good to have those opportunities. I, I mean, I vividly remember the different institutions that we went to to participate in those contests. So yeah. it has an impact on students' lives. Yeah, fun times. Dr. Kristen Kovar, Associate Professor of Agriculture Education. We do appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for telling us about this event. And uh, hopefully everything goes off without a hitch. Absolutely. That's what I'm hoping for as well. Fingers crossed. And uh, Bill Molso, we got uh, an update of what's going on around the campus over the next week or so. What do we got? We do. Of course, Friday's big event is that Egg Bowl Invitational, so we're excited for that on Friday. Also, Friday evening, uh, wrestling will be back home, and they'll be hosting uh, Minot State. And it is actually their tropical night, so they're going to be having some festivities with that. That's 7 o'clock in the PE gym. Saturday is that big Brassapalooza event that we've been talking about. Warm-ups will be at 9 o'clock in the Fine Arts Theater. And then there's a concert open to the community at 5 p.m. in the Fine Arts Theater as well. And again, Daniel Kitchens will be the guest artist. Uh, He's the principal horn with the South Dakota Symphony Orchestra. And then Saturday, uh, wrestling will host University of Mary, and it'll be Senior Day. So an opportunity to recognize those student-athletes. That's 2 o'clock in the PE gym. And then finally, just an event that's a, a little little ways out there, but we want to get it on people's schedule, and that's the annual Cultures on the Prairie event. 
That's coming up on February 13th and 14th. And registration for that is on the Marshall Community Services site. So encourage you to go check that out. That's the Cultures on the Prairie.